tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Go! Good morning, Swarm. Man, my voice is uh, gone after this crazy weekend. Uh, We'll get into that. Join me as always, Xavier Guerrero and my good friend, Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. You're my good friend, too, dude. Uh, Both my good friends are here. Got to have something to say for both of us. I know, right? I hope so. I drove him like 10 hours up. You did. You did. You crushed it, bro. Uh, I want to start off. By thanking everybody who came to the Tim Fall Hat Comedy Nights and Swarm Tank, I want to say thank you so much. I, I can't express to you enough how thankful I am for the love and respect, even to the couple that I met in the, in the lobby of the hotel at, in Fresno, who while I looked at you while I was on stage, you were shaking your head in disgust the whole time. <laughs> I do appreciate you and love you. I, I, I can't express how thankful I am. Uh, and it's not even about money. It's really about just seeing all the people that show up and know that we've connected with you and you've connected with us. And myself, Eddie, Xavier, Johnny was Johnny uh, Bencourt was there on Saturday. It's like such a blessing, and I love you all very much. And if that's as good as it gets, it's a pretty great ride, and I look forward to doing more shows in 2023 and hopefully more. Uh, we sold more tickets than we've ever sold on a weekend, and that was all because of you guys and we love you very much. And, and, you know, I just want to say that we take this show very, very serious and personal. And we try to give you the best show we possibly can. We try to keep the train on the tracks and give you the best. And uh, it's really about just, you know, connecting with you guys and giving you guys what you want because you're so thankful. I mean, you're so a uh, big part of what I do in my life. And without you, I don't know where I'd be. So thank you, guys. It was just a great weekend. So we love you. I just wanted to say that. And... Um, it was fun, right? It was a blast. Everybody was great. Family events. Like, we met families. Like, you meet the mom, the sister. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like, it was an event. I was like, you guys all woke. They're like, we're all woke. We, we met a whole listen. family. Some of them were giving uh, Xavier Guerrero thirsty eyes, and we uh, appreciate that, dude. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, guys, got a live event coming. My last live event of the year, uh, December 14th, live at the Comedy Store, Comedy Chaos, and uh, two shows, one show at 8 p.m., one show at 10.30. Grab your tickets now. They are killer lineups. Second show's got Jimmy Dore. Uh, uh, dude, the lineup is great. Let me see the lineup, dude, real quick. Uh, let me find. Anyways, I'll, I'll push you on the next one. But I love you all very much. Uh, please go check out samtrude.com. Grab your tickets now. What is your... What is your... Uh, XG marks the spot on all social media. And uh, yeah, tune in. Johnny, what's yours? Johnny A. Woodard on Instagram. Johnny Woodard, Twitter. Uh, the Comedy Chaos Show is Bobby Lee, Andrew Santino, Whitney Cummings, Ian Edwards in the first show. Second show is is uh, Matt Reif, 
Jimmy Dore, Kurt Metzger, Eddie Bravo, Eleanor Kerrigan. First nice. show's got Mike, but those are two murder shows. They will sell. Grab your tickets now. And we love you very much. And please enjoy the show with our new friend, Rick Sanchez. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. All right, so let's get into it. Very excited to have this next gentleman on. He is the uh, CEO of Aqua Media, and he's got a podcast called the Rich Sanchez Podcast. I've uh, been following this guy for a while. Uh, very excited to have him on. Please welcome to, to Tim Foley, Rick Sanchez. How are you, Rick? It's fantastic to be here, Johnny. Thanks, my friend. Well, I'm Sam. That's Johnny. And this is Xavier Guerrero. We should have told you that before. My apologies, dude. But I appreciate no, no, you. no. You know, when you do these interviews, for some reason, there's a there's a thing in front of you that says Johnny. So Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, yeah, he's an intern. So he appreciates you saying hello. Um, Sam, uh, XG, great to have you guys with me here. Let's have a really rambunctious, crazy fucking discussion. So, Rick, I'm very excited to have you on. Uh, real quick. Uh, I kind of listed some of your uh, where they can find you, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? So uh, I'm Rick Sanchez, and I am the first uh, Latino who had his own show on CNN. I also had a show on uh, Fox News, and I also had a show on NBC. So I've worked on all the uh, cable networks. I even worked on RT, interestingly enough. Also worked on Univision because I speak uh, English is my second language. Spanish is actually my first language i've had a pretty rambunctious career i interviewed uh i've interviewed presidents reagan president uh carter president uh clinton president obama mikhail gorbachev fidel castro uh, manuel noriega i've got three peabodies uh and uh, five emmys from uh, covering stories uh including uh you know 9-11 and katrina and I uh, had a pretty damn good run. I had some of the highest ratings at uh, CNN for a long time. So uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to to be born uh, an immigrant, a refugee, came to the United States. My parents were poor, so much so they never had more than $11,000 combined income when I was little growing up. And uh, I somehow was able to break through and, you know, I got a football scholarship to play football in Minnesota. And from that, I got a CBS News scholarship, and that's why I was able to go into uh, TV news back when TV news meant something. That's a great point. And tell us a little bit about Aqua Media. Well, you know, recently I had a pretty good run with a business that we started, me and some partners of mine. We ended up uh, uh, starting a business that was uh, within four and a half years, we took that big business public. It became a, a publicly traded company. It's a $4.5 billion company. I'm one of the founders of that company and, and we've done good. So I thought to myself, what do I want to do with some of this money? And one of the things I've always wanted to do is give back to something that I think sort of needs it. And that's media. I think the media in this country sucks and gets worse with each passing year. And for many reasons that we can go into and, you know, we would be here talking for a long time. But anyway, so I thought, well, one of the things that's always frustrated me in media is the way Latinos are, you know, perceived. You know, we nobody understands us. Hollywood makes us out to be either, you know, lawn landscapers, mow, you know, lawn mowers, uh, or uh, or criminals. Uh, you know, the, the the very conservative media says that we're all coming over the border as rapists and criminals. 
the uh, the liberal media has no clue who the hell we are and doesn't know how to, you know, p- portray us. And in the end, we're just so underrepresented. We're 20 percent of the population in the United States and we're barely three percent of the representation anywhere. It's like we don't even exist. And it pissed me off. So I thought, let me get some of my buddies and let's start a, a media company that tells our story, at least, you know, and uh, educates people in terms of uh, who Latinos are in the United States. I mean, just just some basic stuff. Like if we were a country, we would be the fourth biggest GDP in the world, only behind the United States, China. Uh, pardon me, the fifth biggest. Uh, that's the United States, China, Japan, Germany, then Latinos in the United States. Um, you know, Latinos on average work uh, 40 for 42 hours a week. The average non-Latino works 33 hours a week. I mean, I could go on and on. The yeah. statistics are enormous. And yet nobody knows this. And all we ever get is, you know, immigrants jumping the fence, crossing a river, wetback, we're coming over the border, we're, you know, criminals and rapists, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why I decided, you know, let's just put some facts out there. What the hell? I love it. Uh, Xavier Guerrero is our Latino on the show, and he doesn't even work close to 40 hours a week. So he's like really lowering the average. It would probably be much higher if he wasn't part of the crew. My dad Uh, makes up for it, though. Okay. My dad makes up for my part of being the Mexican. Uh, I I mean, like, so, so there's a lot to go on. Uh, with this I mean I kind of want to stay on this Latino thing but I really want to get into like why I was very excited that you were coming first of all I thought it was it was going to be a guy from Rick and Morty's and I realized that's a cartoon (laughs) and then I got into like oh okay I know I know Rick Sanchez I've been following Rick Sanchez for a very long time Uh, I followed him I'm gonna be honest with you man I, I do feel like you can't you when I remember you on CNN I that to me is a different CNN than what even was like not even today today's like yeah. it's like nobody I mean like nobody recognizes CNN but even of a year ago two years ago you were it was a different time now maybe I was a lot more naive then and I had a little more faith in in the mainstream media and that that's completely gone but your story always resonated with me and that's why i was very excited that you came on uh you know i i love serious radio and i know at the time you were doing cnn and you had a serious radio show with Mm -hmm. a gentleman named pete i forget what pete's last name is uh but you and him had a radio show together and I forget what the topic that came up with. And I now uh, I understand that, you know, uh, I, I think you yeah, said yeah. You're, you're, you're friends with the ADL now. You're very close with the ADL, uh, which is fine. I have my, I, I understand the, uh, you know, part of what the ADL is trying to do. I also think it's very weaponized and that's Sam speaking, not Rick Sanchez, but mm-hmm. do you want to discuss like what kind of happened to you? Because I feel like what happened to you way back then is way more relevant now than it's ever been. And your thoughts on everything like that. So can you kind of like give us the backstory from your point of view about what happened and uh, w- was I at all right on any of it? Well, yeah, you've missed a couple of points, but generally speaking, yeah, I I was one of the first persons to ever be canceled in the United States and canceled in a very uh, humiliating and horrible fashion. Um, And and it's pretty simple. I, if, 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 if anybody can remember, I think you did. I had one of the hottest shows on CNN. And the reason I had one of the hottest shows on CNN is because I got lucky. And I was the first guy on CNN or on any media in the United States 
to include social media into my broadcast. So one day I literally uh, was about to do a newscast and I took out my laptop and I said to the people who were watching me, I said, by the way, you know, uh, I'm going to do this thing called Twitter. So go right now if you want to, to (laughs) www.twitter.com. And as I'm talking to you on TV, you can talk back to me and I'll be reading what you say during the commercials. And maybe I'll even share a couple of things that you tell me while we're doing this. See, Twitter was brand new. And when I said WWW, it's because literally that's the way people would say it. Back yeah, then. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember telling a friend of mine that, hey, dude, you don't have to put the W. He's like, what? No. I go, bro, you don't have to put the W. Exactly. You don't have to exactly. do the WWW. He's like, well, I go try. He goes, oh my God, bro. It was like mind blowing. But yeah. So uh, what was the story behind that? Because uh, XG pulled up a story that kind of brings up some of what happened there. I didn't remember. Well, so so that's the point. I, I had become a very popular anchor on CNN, so much so that John Klein, the president of CNN, had called me in and said, you now have the highest, especially non-white ratings in the history of this network, which is pretty cool. So every so they realized that I was a I was kind of what they called a ratings machine. Wherever they put me, the ratings would go up. So they used me. First, they put me at 4 o'clock because Wolf Blitzer's ratings sucked. So they said, we're going to put you as a lead into Wolf because Wolf needs somebody to help him with his ratings. So if we put you in front of him, people will come to you, and whoever hangs out after you will increase his ratings. So they used me to increase Wolf's ratings. Then they wanted me to go up against Bill O'Reilly at 8 o'clock So they fired the gal who was doing the eight o'clock and they put me there and the ratings went up again. And instead of keeping me there, then they got rid of me and put somebody else there. So then after about a year, the person who they had put there also sucked and she wasn't doing any ratings. So they called me and said, Rick, we want you to go up to the eight o'clock again because we need to be able to compete with Oberman and Bill O'Reilly because they're killing us. And you're the only one who can at least stand up to them. So I went up and I did it again. So I think you get the picture now. It's 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 like a quarterback, and every time they bring him in, he wins the game, and still he's sitting his ass on the bench. So I was kind of frustrated, right? So first time they bring me up, then they take me down. Second time they bring me up, then they take me down. Now, then, I, then another year passes or so, and they decide that they're going to get rid of the other person who they had put on at 8 o'clock. I'm actually forgetting the names because, you know, people come and people go. This time I thought, I'm in. I got it. I'm so excited. I mean, every time they've given me this opportunity, I've proven myself. And finally, they're going to give it to me. And instead, I get a call and they said, sorry. Um, we're given the gig to Elliot Spitzer, the former disgraced governor of New York, who yeah, had recently dog. been in. Right? Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, he, he wears his socks during lovemaking. I remember that. Yeah. That detail, yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. So do I. No. Uh... Just think about how bizarre the world is right now that that was considered weird. Like, Dude, oh, this yeah. guy wears his Oh my God, what a freak. Freak! Shame! 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 They nailed right? his ass now that. it's just like, yeah. that's yeah. it? That's your, that's your, oh God, you're so boring. What do you make? Yeah. Love missionary position? You're gross, right? It's like. So, so apparently the guy had a habit of visiting prostitutes, even though he was the governor, and then he lied about it and he got caught. And then CNN said, well, we'll give him a chance. Because <laughs> um, it's funny, as, as I continue to tell this story, that kind of becomes ironic in and of itself. So, yeah, so that day I was in a really shit mood. I was just really angry with the world. 
And I was sick and tired of CNN just treating me like I was, you know, their little freaking, you know, uh, bullpen boy. Uh, we bring him in when we want to, but we're never going to give him the big job. No matter how high his ratings are, you know, he just doesn't fit in. I don't know. I always and and I and I was pissed. And so so suddenly it wasn't my co-host. It was an interview. So the CNN people said, oh, there's this guy who wants to interview you. And um, and, and he interviews me. And in the middle of the interview, I, I just started talking about how pissed off I was. <laughs> I said I was sick and tired of being looked over for other people. And then I said, you know, and that's very typical of CNN, because if you look at CNN, they're very white and very elitist and everybody looks the same. And what CNN and the other networks need to do is they need to start looking for people who grew up rough, people who didn't grow up in Ivy League environments, people who were like Latino or black or Southern or just whatever. Right. And uh, and 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 then the guy somehow we got into a conversation about about John Stewart. And John Stewart was constantly making fun of me on his show. And, and like a moron, I had taken it to heart. I should have thanked him for it because he was making me famous. But I had very thin skin back then for some reason. Maybe when I combined the whole thing. So then I said, and you know, I said essentially John Stewart was a jerk too. And um, and 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 then we got into the conversation about what happens in media and why certain groups uh, get you know uh, short shrifted and some don't. And, and then I said, and John Stewart is just as bad as the rest of them. I mean, he's part of the problem. And they said, how can John Stewart be part of the problem? He's Jewish and Jews are a minority and Jews are underrepresented. And I went, what? Jews <laughs> underrepresented in the media? Um, but, but, but rather than stating it the way I should have stated it, was, which is to say, look, Jews are not underrepresented in the media. Jews have done very well in the media and to their credit. And I think part of it is because... Jewish Jewish people tend to live around New York. New York is the media capital of the world. That's yeah. why they happen to be big in the media. It's not it's not a conspiracy. It's no big freaking plan. It just happens to be that way. But instead, what I said was something like this. Jews are underrepresented in the media compared to like Latinos. And come on, give me a break. Well, the next day I was fired. Um, it, 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 the, the, the story immediately went to Rick Sanchez disrespected Jews. Rick Sanchez is an anti-Semite. Rick Sanchez is uh, saying that Jews own the media and run the media, which I never said. Didn't matter. Yeah, though. we have the actual comments right here. And it's so funny, bro. And it's just an interesting thing about about that. And, you know, it's like a, a Peter Dominic. I, I, I'm not a fan of his. I used to go and do his serious radio shows with Steve Byrne and He's just swarmy, man. And like, I remember one day I bought a USA Today. This is how long ago it was. You buy a USA Today for about a dollar or 50 cents. And I just love their sports mm -hmm. section. So I went to do the show and I left without my paper. I went to go back and he's walking with a paper. And I'm like, <laughs> hey, man, did, do you know where my paper is? He's like, oh, no, I don't know where it is. I go, what? He goes, yeah, don't know where it is. Rate lied to my freaking face. And then. After that, this kind of really? happened, and I just like, and dude, it's a paper. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's just like. It's, it's a window to the soul, though, in that it's moment. It's a window right? to the soul. And the, the guy's head looks like a light bulb. He has like probably yeah. the worst bald head I've ever seen in my, and this is Sam speaking, <laughs> not Rick. You know, Rick is probably like, oh, don't drag me back into this. But uh, I am. No, 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 no. I'll tell you right now. He was a piece of shit. He's a piece uh, of shit, and, dude. And the reason He's I like, say he was a piece of shit wasn't because. 
because it was his fault that he asked me a question and I answered it horribly and I mangled my words and I was angry and I was tired and you know, whatever. I shouldn't have said it that way. By the way, as soon as I said it, uh, like the very next day and right afterward, I was apologizing. I was trying to make my point that, uh, you know, in many ways, sometimes we, we who are not Jewish, just like we who are not Cuban, I happen to be Cuban. Um, a lot of people don't understand the sensibilities of anybody's culture. I may not understand, Sam, your culture, you know, and I may say things that you would, you would maybe get upset with. Then all it takes is for you to tell me that. Then I learn and then we talk and then I apologize and we move on. No, but you're right. if a human being isn't given a chance to move on, even, and even after they say, oh, my God, I, I didn't mean it that way. I'm so sorry. And I and I and I and I understand that if you go back, because I've researched researched it now, if you go back and understand the Ashkenazi Jewish experience globally, like going back thousands and thousands of years, whenever someone said that Jewish people or noted that Jewish people were highly successful, the next thing that came, historically speaking, was that they were annihilated or attacked or something. I get that. I, and and I understand the sensibility as a result of people saying, oh, he says Jews are very successful. So that must mean that he hates Jews. I, I mean, I guess historically I get it. And it's not at all. Yeah, of course it is. And I felt terrible that people felt that way. But no matter what I said and no matter how many times I apologized, it was you're now in the back of the bus for life. So when I applied at CBS or NBC or ABC or anywhere, they said, no, you're tainted. You will never work again. And I never did. Hey guys, real quick. I want to tell you about one of our longest running sponsors, James McMahon and copy my crypto. Let me tell you about copy my crypto. So, you know, listen, a lot of people are making ridiculous money from crypto, but did you know it's easy for you to do the same? The copy my crypto membership site shows you coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy them. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest you simply do what he does so let me tell you about james he runs crypto with james youtube channel which despite heavy censorship has over twenty six thousand subscribers since march 2020 he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins had you put a hundred dollars into each one it would have gone on to be worth more than one hundred and twenty three thousand dollars of the 26 coins he picked the top pick of the year one called phantom went up 692 times that one call has retired a number of people, including guys in their 20s and 30s. Remember, this is public knowledge. You can go to YouTube and verify it yourself. So if you'd like to join the 2,800 members who copy James, then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com slash TFH. That's copymycrypto.com forward slash TFH. That's TFH. You will not only find proof of everything he said, but my listeners gain full access for just $1. Once again, that's copymycrypto.com slash TFH. The recession is here, guys. You can suffer like everyone else or choose to thrive. James is the real deal. Go visit his site now. So I followed your, your story, you know, again, and I would say this to Pete's face, and someday I look forward to doing that. Uh, that what he did to you was gross. I mean, like, you know how dangerous it is 
at that time. Today, I think we're starting to get more into the point of, you know, just, you know, Rick, I, I, my girlfriend's Jewish. I lived with her for 20, I've lived with yeah, her for 20 yeah, years and, you know, her family is wonderful. And uh, I wish you know, I was Jewish. I, I think Shabbat is the most beautiful, the greatest experience that any human being could experience it, with it, their family. It's just, it's and just I wish that, I could be part of it. I always yeah. tell my Jewish friends, can I? I come spend Saturday with Listen, you. I mean, Rick, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's Rick, great. if you were yeah. Jewish, you wouldn't have gotten a fucking football scholarship to Minnesota. So uh, <laughs> you should be thankful you are who you are. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? God's chosen yeah. people. You can't even play D1 sports. But the I point is this. four forty. That was pretty fast. Yeah. So, then, you, so you're doing well. Damn, Don't worry wow. about it. But, <laughs> you know, again, it's like, you know, I, I keep this energy the same as when, you know, I hear you talking about how they label, uh, you know, Latino. And, and you're totally right. Like, I love yeah. the Latino. Like, this whole, it, this gets really deep into some stuff about the, the the force, my immigration to destroy cultures and stuff. We see it happening in Europe right now. They're going through a real crisis right now, identity crisis with this, you know, uh, I feel weaponized immigration. And, like, listen, man, my my parents came here. My great-great-grandparents, my my great-grandparents fled the uh, the Turkish genocide of us. Uh, of Armenians watches, so, you know, he came here. So I'm, I'm cool with welcoming people. And I mm -hmm. love Latino. I like more. Let them in. Let them in. Yes. There's some the way, if, if you happen to not know something about me as a Latino, doesn't mean you hate me. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're, it just means you don't know. I mean, right. you can't know everything. Right. Right. I mean, I'm right. sure if you happen to watch Fox news or one of these other right wing channels every night, you're going to think that Latinos literally are just coming over the border every two minutes and they all have a knife in their mouth and drugs in their back pocket yeah. and they're going to rape your daughter. Right. I mean, because that's the message that they're putting out. Every it's not your fault. It's I mean, all division. It's all divide and conquer. And the same thing with Jews. Like, Jews are wonderful people. They're like Italians. They're like they're like Armenians. You know, and the truth is, like, they were not allowed to participate in cult in society for a very long time. So, like yeah. many marginalized groups, okay, they they kind of form mobs. Like it's just what the Italians did when they moved they're, here. They're, they're, sens they're sensitive to certain phrases right, and certain right. Words but where we've gotten into today become tropish. And some there are really are like John Stewart once said. Said, and I love John for this. He said, calling Rick Sanchez an anti-Semite is such a freaking disservice to all the real anti-Semites out there who work hard <laughs> at their profession. <laughs> and he was so right. I mean, it's like if I said something stupid and apologized for it, which I didn't mean, that is so so far a field of being a freaking anti-Semite. No, I mean, I'm with you, bro. Anti-Semites work hard to be. I mean, those guys, they go out every day and they say, I, I'm going to do this and say this about yeah. Jews or something. I mean, it, you know, come on. So my, my whole thing right now is like, and this has been going on, I feel like that this is slowly changing, okay, is that the notion that any group is above criticism. And like, I'm not saying, hey, we should be able to criticize Jews. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the truth is we should be able to criticize people who happen to be Jewish and and not criticize because they're Jewish, but criticize them because of their actions. And that that yeah. is where all this this is where it becomes this kind of thing, because a, a culture of people who have been caught, who have been forced to band together. 
okay? Because the society at the time, and this is in like the 15 and 1600s, they weren't mm-hmm. allowed to participate. So they band together and it becomes a very mob thing. Well, today is a different day and that's okay. But the generational trauma gets passed down by generation, generation, generation. And there becomes a real disservice when you don't allow anybody in your group to be criticized. I'm Armenian. Imagine me saying Armenians aren't shady. You know, I mean, like we do shady shit all the time, dude. It's it's just imagine me saying Italians are in the mob and you do a real disservice. But there is power in this. There is a movement. Right. So so, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, during World War Two. You know that you know the the Jewish Holocaust was horrible, but there was also a second Holocaust going on, and that was the Holocaust of uh, Russian troops who were uh, captured. They were killed in camps, and then uh, so mm-hmm. they're talking like three to four million people. And then yeah, on top of that, there's sixty more million that died fighting Russians. Yeah. You know that should, they should be a protected class as well. And I, this is not; those are horrible, horrible things that happen in society. But what 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 you're doing is by not allowing people who commit, let's say, egregious acts to be criticized. If you don't allow that to happen, you you start to let something to fester. And so what you were saying was, you know, some facts, Rick, are scary. They're scary. Yeah. They're scary because we're we've been lulled into being emotional monkeys. Like we everything is emotional. Just think about that. Like I was thinking about how like people get so upset about the M word, and it's like I'm not saying condone it at all. But think about mm. when like Quentin Tarantino goes on a show. What do they give him shit about? Why do your characters say the M word so much? But his shows are all about murdering people. Like nobody cares about that. Nobody cares that he's glorifying murdering people. You're concerned about the M word being said. Like think about what that represents. So the point is this whole thing, Rick, and I don't want to make you uncomfortable. It's like, I think you, I, I'm super happy to see you doing wonderful things because I don't think you did well, anything you. wrong. And in today's thing, maybe if it happened today, it might have been received a little bit differently. Well, I, I, the, where I disagree is I think it was wrong. And I think my words should have been chosen more carefully. Okay. And I think I probably should have been more conscious, uh, more socially aware, more historically attuned to, uh, you know, some of the things so, I learned so, hence. Right. So you, know, you think saying that there's a lot of and what's that? So saying there's a lot of Jews in the media is wrong. No, uh, the way I said it, the offhand way that I kind of disregarded it, like, right, really oppressed people in the media. Come on. <laughs> right, you know? I got you. Okay. So, I got somehow you. I, I allowed my language to become very offhand. I think I could have made my argument like we all could. This is what I say to my son. I said, son, I understand your intent. But the way that you actually executed it was not good. Yeah. So, so, you know, look, I'll take that. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a guy who's supposed to be paid because he speaks well and I didn't speak well on that day. I was angry. I was frustrated. I, I, I didn't have some of the experiential knowledge that I do now. And I made a mistake and I immediately apologized for the mistake. I think the larger point is in all of this, whether, whether I would have insulted Jews or anybody else is we have to get back to allowing ourselves to yes. have conversations. 
conversations and not live in silos where we just decide this person is canceled. We hate them. I will never talk to them or listen to them ever again. And we're doing that now. It's, It's starting to get to the point where we do it in our families. We do it in our businesses. We do it at work. This country is as far apart and as separate as possibly we were during or before the Civil War, with the possible exception that at least in the Civil War, one group thought like this in a geographic location in the South, another group thought in another geographic location in the North. This time, we're all thinking completely different in silos, but living amongst each other. And that shit gets dangerous. That's what I think we need to start allowing ourselves to make mistakes and to learn and to forgive and to love. We've stopped doing that for some reason, and I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I think it's all meant to uh, control us in a sense of like, I think what we're going through right now is very, very high profile cancellations of a lot Mm. of people or intent to cancellate them to show you that if you speak out that you, you could be canceled and lose your uh, ability to make a living. We're seeing it done on very, very high, high levels. And, you know, regardless of what anybody thinks of Yee and what he's going through, you should not be okay with a, a corporation like Adidas being able to go in and take somebody's money. You shouldn't be okay with that. No matter how egregious you think what they say is because it just doesn't, you know, you never know when you're just going to be at the end of the barrel of the gun. Because Do you think he's doing this because he really is a hateful soul or is he being... E, is he like off his meds and just gone? I think or he's C, hurt. he's doing it for a reason because somehow he thinks this will make him more famous. I think Scott Adams said it best. He had a nice little clip on it. And like, we'll talk about that whole interview after, uh, you know, because we got Rick for an hour. But um, uh, I think, you know, Scott Adams said it best. I think what, what Kanye's trying to do is just flip the board just completely flip the board and go mm. so crazy that he's just a not because he can't win the game. Right. Sky, Sky, I'm saying this he can't win the game because he didn't create the game. He doesn't run the game. Mm. So he can't win the game. Okay. So he's going to just flip the game and that's what he's doing. And in, it's like, you know, I used to watch uh, Eddie Griffin do four hours at the comedy store, right? Four hours. That's yeah. too much. And in that four hours, there was 30 minutes of the greatest comedy you've ever heard. Right. So it's like what I'm getting into and it's kind of what you just talked to your son about is is uh, presentation. That interview with Alex Jones, you have a very young man named Nick Fuentes uh, who's out there who is obviously and I like I'm going to be honest. I owe the guy an apology because I've made comments on just tiny clips that they've showed, which they've isolated. You know, Uh, he's a very intelligent man. I don't know how smart he is, but I know he's very intelligent. And yeah, intelligent. He, he's, I think he strikes me as a guy. I mean, some of the things he said are horrible. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, but that that's I mean, that's presentation. Just, just, he's not old enough to know. He's 24. Yeah, so, like, he's so <laughs> intelligent. He's moved so quickly, right, because he's so intelligent. Because he has a lot of data, and this gets into facts are dangerous right now. He has a yeah. lot of data. But because he's 24, and, like, dude, he's done big things. I don't think he understands presentation. I don't think he mm. understands a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. So, well, but- if he's 24 and he's on the record saying the most vile, offensive, dangerous things about African Americans, like we need to send the military in and get them, 
which is, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, like their Biafra or something. Uh, and then the other things that he said about the, he, he, when he talks about yeah. Jews in the media, he right. didn't, he doesn't do it the way I do it. Right. He didn't, he didn't make a mistake and, 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 and apologize. Oh no. He, he's, he's just saying the Jew media has caused this problem in America right, because right, they did this right. and that. And I'm going, wow, that is going to live on your record for the rest of your life. And you're only 24. That's what I'm saying. It's like <sighs> presentation. He doesn't, understand like there's a reason why as a stand-up comic you go 10 years with usually nobody knowing you because you're literally getting a doctrine in jedi mind tricks that's what you're doing you're yeah. learning to manipulate people through thoughts right uh to elicit a response in a room it takes time now there's a lot of things that that uh he said in there that i wasn't a per uh, i didn't know about and yeah. His presentation is blunt force trauma, and it's going to be very yeah. hard to get people behind that because he's not oh, yeah. old enough to oh. understand presentation. Now, am I saying everything? I'm saying how he's saying is really wrong. In, in, in reality, the stuff he said about Jared Kushner, there's probably some truth to it. Like even in the craziest stuff, there's some truth to it. But your presentation is too crazy. Don't you think that presentation even, I, attracts? I, 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 the wrong I didn't hear that part. What did he say about Jared Kushner? Did I miss that? Yeah, there's some stuff about Jared Kushner. He said about uh, uh, making a particular deal happen that probably fits into some kind of apocalyptic religion, oh, religious thing. <laughs> That goes on. So, you know, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, Rick. I, I no, didn't, no, no, no. Listen, I mean, I mean there's some, look, the, the, like I always say, it's important for us to have these discussions, for people to share ideas. Uh, yes. You may have stronger feelings about some things than other. I, I, for example, I do believe wholeheartedly that Hitler's particular angst against Jews, his, his anger, his hatred for them, caused him to do things against Jews that he didn't do against other people. And it's it's different, you know, obviously 27 million Russians were killed in a war uh, where the Nazis invaded that country, something for some reason most Americans still don't appreciate or understand, right, right. and they should. Right. Uh, but 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 with but with the Jews, sons of bitches, man, they lived in that country. They were Germans, and he just went one by one picking them out and saying, "You, you, 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 you," to a concentration camp where I'm going to fry you. I mean, that is just. It's super tragic. And you know, you have, you wanted to talk about a uh, thing. I, I, I didn't want to go that deep with you because I just don't want to make you uncomfortable. We love these conversations on the shows, but oh, I, I can talk about anything. Uh, don't you worry. So I, mean, I want to get it. Speaking of Russians, you know, so you leave CNN and then I hear you're doing like uh, sports on, in a particular place. I don't know if that was true. You're doing. Yeah, I was something I've always wanted to have on my bucket list is I I played football. So when I got an opportunity from Florida International University, which is FIU uh, Division One school, which at the time had T. Y. Hilton and they were pretty good, they went to a bowl game and they asked me to be their uh, color announcer, their color guy. You know, the guy who's not the play-by-play -play guy, the other guy. Uh, and they asked me to do it, and I did it, and it was one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. So was it Bush was Davis cool. the head coach there? Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay. uh -huh. that yeah. was Butch Davis was great. He, you know, unfortunately, he lived. He he was never at the program where he was allowed to cheat like some programs. I know North Carolina, dude. If he if he had been able to cheat at North Carolina, we would have won. Yeah, the if ACC he would have been at Alabama or Duke basketball, they that that the NCAA seems to not have a problem with. So you go there, and then one day I'm watching. You know, like so. 
this show kind of comes out uh, from this whole Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton thing. I'm watching people like Lee Camp and Jimmy Dore, and they're all yeah. talking about exit polls aren't matching numbers. And the National Ele- or Federal Election Committee says if exit polls are off by 3%, you probably have uh, some sort of election fraud. These were off by 15%. So I'm like, oh, I'm listening. So I'm really into I decided to start the show. And, uh, you know, I, I know Abby Martin. I love her. She's a good friend. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm seeing her these clips on RT News. And, you know, uh, Lee Camp, he's been on the show a bunch of times. And we had a real fun. I, we, I would love talking to him. And I would talk to him about being on RT News because I had a friend of mine that really had a visceral reaction to somebody being on RT News. And I go, Okay, but what's the information, what? man? What, I mean, is it accurate information? And based on what I'm seeing, it's really accurate information. Why are you upset? Oh, it's the Russians, bro. I'm like, think about what you're saying, man. Right. Think about what you're saying. You're killing the messenger, not listening to the message. So, yeah. In, what- in, in fact, we should all. I I would well. I would I would make an argument to Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper and whoever the hell these people are on all these networks. One day, go across the street and work somewhere else because you're living in your little freaking bubbles. And and you know if, if you had a chance, Sam, uh, to work in uh, in for uh, uh, I don't know uh, the Chinese uh, network, and they gave you an opportunity to go there and learn from them, I would say go, go, learn, see other things. I mean, we 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 should work at the BBC. We should work at Le Mans. We should work for, you know, the Iranian networks. We should work for Middle Eastern networks. We should work in Israel. We should work in Russia. We should work in China. Why would you say close them off? I don't want to know what they think. I don't ever want to hear from them. I only want to hear from this little thing over here. That's the way we've gotten as Americans. And it's crazy. It's just crazy. And the notion that that like. Uh, the BBC is fine, uh-huh. which is yeah. British, and the Russian, yeah. which is which is bad. Now, I always get like I think the history between the U.S. and Russia has been f- completely fugazied, and uh, yep. we're we're the victims of a lot of propaganda. But when I saw you on there, I was like really happy. I'm like, okay, I'm very happy for him. You know, you don't need my, you know, for me to give you a pity party, and it wasn't a pity party. It was a, like a really Ooh. like cool dude. This guy is like he's on a cool network and he got really fucked and it's good to see him back. What was the experience of being on RT News? It was great. So one day I get a call from an agent and he says, "Look, would you like to get back in the business? Like have your own show, be on not just national but global, 800,000 viewers a night?" I said, "Gee, that sounds pretty cool. I'd love to do that." Well, there's this one group who's called me about you, says the agent, and they would love nothing more than to build a show around you and put you in prime time all over the world. I said, that sounds pretty good. He said, the problem is it's RT. I said, really? RT, huh? I saw, It sounds a little, I don't know, man. Let, let me think about it. He says, I'll tell you what. Here's a phone number. Write it down. I said, okay. I said, that's a phone number for Larry King. Larry loves you, and I know you guys were good friends when you guys worked together at CNN. He works there. And ha- 
have a conversation with him. And after you've talked to him, if you feel comfortable with it, do it. Now, I remember Larry, and it just so happened that I happened to have Larry's number. So we had some conversations with Larry, and I said, Larry, what's this going to be like? No one's going to tell me what the hell to say. No one's going to take over, take over my editorial, my independent editorial independence. In other words, I will write my shows. I will produce my shows. I will host my shows. Nobody controls my message. Nobody tells me what to say. Nobody tells me what to do. And the moment that doesn't happen, I quit. I walk out the door and I expect a contract that allows me then if I put everything aside and go there and I find out they're doing that, I want right then and there a check for $1 million as I walk out the door. And uh, son of a bitch, I talked to Larry he said, you know what? You'll have more fun than you ever had in your entire life. And they will love you because you're t doing a show for them and they will not get in your way. You know what? They didn't get in my way. They let me do pretty much what I wanted to do. My stories, have, as you know, because you watched and so did a lot of other people, I was doing 1.5 million a day. Um, we're, we're solid. And I was basically taking journalism and news and turning it on its head and saying, have you ever looked at this story this way? And people loved it, and it worked very well for me, and I had a good time, and they paid a lot. So it was it was actually kind of worth doing for me. It was a great experience. I learned more about the world as an American, as another dumb American, because we all are, because we, we're just not allowed to know anything. We're very isolated people in this country. I learned more about the world, about China, about the Middle East, about Africa. I was interviewing prime ministers. I was interviewing people from all over the world, you know, I grew more and learned more journalistically globally than I ever thought I would in my entire life. So in that sense, you know, and yeah, Russians are screwed up and they've got all their issues and, you know, just like us and, and they've got their, their, their prejudices and everything else. But in the end, I, I, I would say it was a really great experience and I would encourage other journalists and other human beings to find places where they don't know the environment and jump in there because it'll stretch you and it'll grow you and it'll make you smarter. So, so as you kind of take a look at like, you, you know, you, you, the world starts to open to you, uh, on RT and then, you know, the internet has really opened up stuff. And, you know, again, it's kind of the theme on the show is like, you know, whether it's Russia, China, Israel, and guess what? The United States. Mm -hmm. I think the, the criticism of the government is separate from the people. And what yeah, I found is that the people like I've been to China, I've been to the Middle East, I've been I've been to Japan, I've I've met all the I've been to these amazing countries, and when you meet people, you realize people are pretty much the same. They want to live, yeah. they want to laugh, they want to raise their family, get laid once in a while, and just be mm -hmm. happy about. And like we have this thing where like our governments take actions and we somehow have to co-sign on which is i feel the theme of this show today this episode is like the the, the masses have 100%. to protect the one percent and i don't do that anymore. i won't do that i have no problems with the russian people i have no mm -hmm. problems with the chinese people i have no problems not. with israelis I, there are yeah. things that th is happening over there that need to or, be discussed. Or Iranians, or or Saudis, 100%. or you know, but it's not our business, right, to go over there and fix that. Well, it's, well we now, well, the the, the delusion not. and the illusion that we're bringing peace to anywhere is completely Stop. laughable. Please, 
Well, an army bringing peace. Think of, I mean, that, that idea from the beginning, you know, <laughs> has been ridiculous. And the one thing I will say about the American people is up until recently, we've tended to vote in guys who've told us we're going to end these wars. And they yeah. never freaking do it. Ever. Because yeah, it's not their decision. The decision is made by Raytheon. The decision is made by the in- military industrial complex. And they essentially pump millions and millions of dollars into the pockets of the people who are in Congress in both the House and the Senate who are legally bribed then to continue whatever it is the hell that they want to continue. They also sit on the board of the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times and the Wall Street Journal and CNN and Fox News and ABC and CBS. Some of them actually own the network for the longest time. NBC was owned by a by a, by a military contractor, right? A war manufacturer. So, uh, I mean, a weapons manufacturer. So there, there is so much interlocking in our government right now that you have people like Rachel Maddow, right? Like literally, you know, cheering on every war, like showing everything we do, like we're we're in Afghanistan for 20 years and accomplish absolutely nothing. Zil, 20-year war. It, if you took the length of the war, of the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, the Vietnam War, World War I and World War II, it still doesn't come out to 20 years which means we spent more time in Afghanistan than we did in all of those wars. Oh, and by the way, spent 20 times more money than we did in all of those wars per capita, per time, historically speaking. And yet the media would put that on the air sometimes for 30 seconds. The rest of the time they'd have us watching the cat fight between Nancy and Donnie and Joey and Biden and this one and that one, because they think we're idiots. And in many ways, I think we kind of are. And we buy into this stuff and we shouldn't allow ourselves to buy into it. But we do. And the decisions are made for one reason and one reason only. Unfortunately, in the recent wars in this country, whether you're talking about Libya or whether you're talking about Syria or whether you're talking about Yemen or whether you're talking about where else we've been in war, Iraq, or whether you're talking about Afghanistan and all of those wars, it was all about the money. It was all about the Benjamins, unfortunately. And now we know that, but then we move on. And the same people who did that in those wars, the same people who were in charge of creating the Iraq debacle, which it was, they're now running for office. They're on CNN being interviewed as experts. Really, experts. That's like a guy who lost 20 football games in a row, and you have him on now to talk about how what a great football mind he is. It's it's It's... Sam, see, you got me going, man. Don't get me started. Yeah, isn't that like uh, Matt McMillan? What was the guy's name that was like the GM of the Lions when they went defeated? And then like they fired him, and then he was on like ESPN giving – I'm like, what, dog? Why are we listening to you, dude? You commandeered the worst, the worst. All right, guys, real quick, I want to take a moment to tell you about our friends at Miracle Brand. Miracle Brand Sheets, let me tell you about it. Listen, fall, winter is a pop. On us it's coming okay it's getting colder and colder and for me that means struggling to find the right temperature when i sleep i recently found a way to stay at the perfect temperature all night long using silver infused bed sheets by miracle brand using silver infused fabrics miracle brand sheets are thermo regulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night they're also self-cleaning because they're infused with silver that prevents 99.9% of bacterial growth. Uh, they stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. 
Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands. And Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts and one just in time for the holidays. I'm all about that. Uh, stop all sleeping. About stop sleeping on bacteria. Clean sheets mean less bacteria to clog your pores and fewer breakouts and other skin problems. Gross. So here's what I need you to go to. TryMiracle.com slash Timfoil. Okay, that's T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash Timfoil to try it today or gift it to someone special for this holiday season. And we got a special deal for our listeners. Save 40% and be sure to use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle brand. Go to trymiracle.com dot com slash tinfoil and use the code tinfoil to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40 percent off again that's trymiracle.com slash tinfoil treat yourself and a friend and a loved one for this holiday season thank you for miracle brand for sponsoring this episode I want to tell you about our new sponsor, Mr. Ballin. Listen, a teen solo hiker was terrorized for days by an unknown figure dressed in white. Two cops who quit their jobs at a local theater because of an unexplained encounter with an alleged demon. An isolated forest in Canada where people keep turning up headless. These are just some of the strange, dark, and mysterious stories you'll hear each week on Mr. Ballin Podcast. In each episode, Mr. Ballin shares real-life haunting accounts like the case of Haley Zega, who disappeared from a hiking trail for 51 hours. When search and rescuers finally found her and asked how she survived, she simply said a friend helped her. She described this friend, four years old, black hair, brown eyes. This friend was initially dismissed until they realized the girl had gone missing in that exact spot 23 years earlier oh. and was never found. She was four years old. She had black hair and brown eyes. Yeah. So, you know, I used to watch Mr. Ballin all the time when my babies were born. I'd be take care of the babies and we would watch his stories. He's a great storyteller. I really enjoy. So here's what's going on. Prime members. Okay. Listen to Amazon Music exclusive podcast, Mr. Ballin podcast, strange, dark, and mysterious stories in the Amazon Music app. Download the app today. So so we get into this thing where it's like, you know, you had some notes you want to talk about, and I, I'd love to go, if we can, into a couple things. But, you know, it's like we're really like, so, so a lot of people are like, journalism's dead. I go, it's not dead. It's not at all. It's no, just no. reformatted itself. Now yeah. we're back to real independent journalism, man. Like now these people are finding ways to be able to pay their bills and be able to get out the truth. And I'm sorry, man, but the new main, the new media is independent media. I, of course. I, and and of course. I would love to get your thoughts on... I, I mean, like, I don't trust billionaires, brother. I don't trust them. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, not that I not that I want that. I want you to understand that it's not yeah. that I wish ill on them or I think they're bad people. But I, I, I'm not waiting no. for anybody to save me. And billionaires don't ever seem to really show up the way we hope them to hope that they would. You know, it's funny you say that because I do think 
there was a time when I got into this business. I, man, I remember when I got my first job from the University of Minnesota and I got a job working at Channel 7 in Miami, right? The NBC affiliate. And they gave me $17,500 a year. I thought I was the richest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, dog. I, I mean, I was just, and the average reporter back then was lucky if he could make 20 grand. The average anchor person was lucky if they can make 100,000 or 75,000. You know, Walter Cronkite uh, at his highest probably made $200,000 a year. Today, today, these guys, I mean, look, look at the salaries of the Anderson Coopers and the Hannity's and the Tucker's and the Rachel Maddow's and the, and the, and the whatever. Look, look at any of them. They're up there making five, ten million dollars a year to read a fucking teleprompter. Most of them have never even gone out and covered a story, but they're being paid this immense amount of money, so much so that they're bought and sold. In other words, even if they did, you're talking about independent journalists, yeah. guys who go out there and beat the street, they hustle, they make phone calls, they feel good about telling you a truth. Do you think if I paid you $20 million a year to read a teleprompter for a half hour a day, you would want to tell the truth? No, you wouldn't, because... You know, it, it, human nature is, hey, they got you. You've been essentially bought and paid for. So the war that you know is stupid and silly and makes no sense, you're going to tell the viewers every night that it's a great war and it deserves to be respected and we need to follow it. In fact, you're probably going to go on the air tonight and say that we now have to bomb Russia and start World War III because it's going to be very profitable for me at NBC ratings-wise, and it's also going to be profitable for all these companies that sit on the board of NBC or CBS or any one of these companies. And that's the fact. Once you get that much money, you know, your own man. And yeah. most of these guys today are the old days, the anchors, the reporters, the journalists who worked at the Miami Herald and the New York Times and all these papers, they were lunch pail guys. Yeah. They were lunch pail guys. They brought their lunch to work in a, you know, in a thing, just like my dad and your dad and stuff. It doesn't exist anymore. So yeah, you're right. The 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 future of journalism is the is the is the scrappy gal who goes out there and wants a story to be told because she believes in the story, she believes in the truth, and she believes people have a right to know. So we've been talking a lot about Elon Musk and what Elon Musk represents. He could easily be uh, um, uh, some kind of guy that just woke up and doesn't like what's going on, or he could be the Antichrist. We don't know. It's pos Anything's <laughs> possible, right? But what are and I, like listen when it comes to any of those people that are coming to save us i i stand in, in Krav maga stance hands up defensive uh because you know i've been old enough to know that i've been let down enough so the question to me is um what is your thoughts on people like Elon Musk? Do you have any any faith in what he's doing at Twitter right now is on the up and up? I mean, there's I mean, the whole so so it is of my belief that okay, I want to hear your opinion. I'll get into what I, I had. I did a podcast. You know, I, I have this podcast called the Rick Sanchez podcast where I like you, you know, share ideas. Lately, I've been trying to be, make it more constructive um, because I just don't want to be the guy like everybody else out there who just wants to join the neck, you know, the negative Nancy party. So, uh, but, but I did, a, I did a show on the Rick Sanchez podcast recently about that. And my, my concern, I think, as I, as I thought it through and, and prepared the podcast was I've, I've always looked up to 
Elon Musk. I mean, this guy's a trailblazer. This guy has gone where nobody else would go. Uh, as a business person myself, I admire his business uh, acumen. Uh, my concern is he's always been kind of a, a right brain guy. He's been the guy who is an engineer. He designs things. He sees things in boxes. He makes decisions about things having to do with engines and cars and rockets. And I think he's really good at that. When you take that guy, or usually in life, when you take those guys and you put them in a creative relationship-based environment, like Twitter really is, Twitter is not about, you know, rockets and motors and, you know, uh, that kind of thing. I think he's kind of out of his element. I think he's having a hard time dealing with, with 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 people with ideas with the construct of ideas and he's kind of learning as he goes and and i hope he gets there i don't think he's a bad guy uh but i think the mistakes he's making make him look like he's a guy who was just quarterbacking his junior high school team and somebody decided to let him start for the jets all of a sudden and he's kind of fallen on his face. I mean, he kind of, maybe not as bad as Wilson, but a little bit like that, you know? <laughs> so let like, me ask you something, uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't know, that poor guy. <laughs> well, that's what you get for banging your mom's friends, bro. So uh, maybe if you did more of that and stop I banging. have nothing to do with what Sam just said. I know, know nothing about Sam nobody's Triple mother banging talking. anybody. So go not on. my good friend, Rick Sanchez. Uh, Rick, um, so, so, you know, we... We can get into the media. You know, you, you sent me a bunch of notes, and I don't want, we can't keep you forever. We oh, don't whatever. Got I don't care. We can talk about anything. You just wanted to have a conversation. My, my producer said they want you to give them a list of four specific stories that you want to discuss. That's so for I sat when there Gen and wrote the damn list. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no, no. These are great. And I'd love to have you on. professional and, talkers. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Trust us. That's for when we get at people that I have to pull shit out of. So, um, mm. For me, like we're in this real, like I'm a spiritual guy. We this show's all about spiritual skepticism of the official narrative. That's really where we like to be. And me you know, too. So, so we have this whole uh, thing going on uh, with Twitter. The Twitter. Uh, files they're called and what's being dropped and that is basically the protection of Hunter Biden's laptop and mm -hmm. so the reason I would like to talk to you because do you feel that there was any of that on uh, older stories where like man there's a real feeling that there's something here but our bosses want us to direct our viewers in a different direction. Did that ever happen? And no, it's not that direct. It's ne it's never been that direct. N nobody would ever come to me and say, we don't want you to do that story because it'll make the network look bad or be because we don't want to do that story because there, there's no question that they make you know what stories you should cover based on something which is much more opaque uh, there's no order. You'll never find a standing order at Fox News saying you have to do stories that make Biden look bad. There's no standing order at CNN that says you have to do stories that make uh, Trump look bad. But you know when you take the job that that's kind of what you're going to do. So it, it almost has kind of fed into this uh, this uh, this th th this uh, single issue kind of journalism, where if you work somewhere after a while, 
you hear the messages repeated enough that they don't even have to tell you anymore. You're just gonna, you're just gonna do you know it. You, you know, do. if you work at uh, MSNBC, I'm not gonna do the Hunter Biden story. It's just some d- dumbass kid who's like a idiot drug addict who slept with all his brother's wives and all this shit. That's not a story, you know. Well, it may be a story, but you're not even gonna look at it. On the other end, you know, same thing could happen on the right with the Fox News, uh, re- you know, reporter who's just not gonna cover something because it might make Biden look good. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time, but no, the, the answer to your question is it's never an order. It's never written down. It can never be traced to any one specific mandate. Okay. So, you know, uh, Trump, I mean, excuse me, can Twitter. I, can I, can I, sorry, just really, what about the Roger Ailes days? Were those different at Fox? Roger would meet with uh, Clemente and uh, um, Joe's and uh, his his lieutenants every morning, and he kind of put in their heads what the general philosophy of the day was. They would filter it then to the EPs, the executive producers, who would then get it down to the line producers, who would then somehow it would end up in the mouths of their anchors, with the exception especially of like the primetime guys, uh, like O'Reilly and stuff, they came in, you know, loaded for bear. They were even ahead of Ailes in in that sense. So, but yes, Roger dictated ideology to his uh, producers and his uh, lieutenants what about on those- a daily basis. Oh. On a daily basis, yeah. What about those videos that you see that they have, it puts all the newscasting at one time and they're all saying the same thing at the same time? Oh, yeah. So that that's local out? news. Oh, that's, that's like local, local news. news. And I've always felt local news does a lot more damage than people think because yes. nobody's paying attention to it on a, on a national level, which means you have to be in that city watching for the story to be, and you'll be like, that's not real, and then start to actually record it. I don't know how that story was put out because I don't know how he knew all those different... But well, that incredible. was Sinclair, I think. I thought yeah, it was Sinclair, Sinclair Media, right? Yeah. I've always yeah. felt that that was where a lot of the damage is done. Um, we get into, you know, one of the issues... Well, well just, just by the way, I mean, if we have to go there, I think it's important for us to go there. This is a very important point. The moment we changed the laws and allowed giant groups to own tons of uh, outlets, like it used to be you could own one newspaper in your town and you could own uh, two radio stations and you could own one TV station. Then they said four TV stations and they said five radio stations and they said five newspapers. After a while, they said, ah, screw it. Own all you want. Well, duh. What the hell do you think is going to happen when one person owns 50 TV stations? What are you going to get at those 50 t- at those 50 TV stations? You're going to get one ideology, one thought process, and that in and of itself is not just stupid. It's un-American, it's undemocratic, but uh, hey, that's where we are. And that's what well, you mentioned Sinclair. That's Sinclair. So, so... So, Rick, one of the things that we kind of wanted to talk about, and I think there was a weird interpretation between when we're discussing coming on, that is what's going on in Arizona with the with the elections. Now, uh, I am old. Okay, I want before I get into that because you brought up a really good point. I'm old enough to remember when. They deregulated media. When Clinton came in, deregulated the media. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've we wanted to do a show. We should do an episode on this one time where we watch the debate between 
Oh. Uh, George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton, yeah. and we just watched the pro wrestling theatrics that that was because <laughs> later on information comes out that the CIA is running cocaine through Arkansas, and so they, they weren't adversaries. They were just two wings of the same bird, right? So yeah. we, j we uh, And now we start to understand that. We start to see this more because the internet has allowed us to have this kind of communication with each other where we can freely share uh, information. Now, I'm old enough to remember when Bill Clinton deregulated the media, there was a big mm -hmm. outcry going, why are you doing this? What is the purpose of this? Rick, do you remember when that happened and what your thoughts were when they did that? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you could argue that that deregulation um, actually, you know, destroyed ob objective reporting. Uh, because and, and it was a combination of uh, presidencies and times. And I, I don't understand uh, how, you know, it happened. I mean, Ronald Reagan in 1987 revoked the fairness doctrine, for example. That's the um, beginning of it. Yeah. When you revoke the fairness doctrine that essentially says that, you, you, you know, you, you're you're, you're allowed to just give one opinion and you don't have to present the other opinion, then what the hell? I mean, you're basically saying you can just go on the air and just spout whatever the hell you want to spout, which is, what does that sound like? It sounds like watching cable news these days, right? So that's kind of what, what, what happened. And then they doubled down and said, oh, and not only do you not have to have the fairness doctrine, you also now don't have to have the laws that allow us to uh, – have only one person have so much media in their hometown, which is really what you want. I mean, I, Rick Sanchez, happen to live in Fort Lauderdale. I care about my community. I care about Fort Lauderdale. So I should be the guy who owns the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel or the Miami Herald, which is, you know, the same city, essentially. I should not own the Seattle newspaper. I don't know crap about Seattle. Great town. Love yeah, it. Right. But I don't know anything about Seattle. Why would they let me own the Seattle paper and the Minneapolis paper and the St. Louis paper? I'm not going to give a shit about those people. And once they did that and they said some guy in Arkansas can own all the papers and or all the TV stations or all the radio stations, that's how we got to where we are today. And it's it's putrefying. It's horrible. I mean, it's warm puke that you see in the terrestrial media space today because in many ways those laws were taken away. You're absolutely right, Sam. So, so thank you. I love that. Can we clip that? Um, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really, um, so one of the, uh, you know, I had just moved to LA. I, I think I, I was in LA for about a year. I think I moved there in either 98 or 99. The 2000 election happens. Um, I personally, this is Sam speaking, not Rick. Uh, and then we'll, Rick, we're, we're almost at an hour, so we'll figure out uh, when you want to jump. But I would love to get into this with you. I felt that CNN, by not calling uh, for Florida for Al Gore, is the beginning of the process of the hanging chads and, oh, we got to spin it back to uh, George Bush and get George Bush in because this is Sam speaking. I think 9-11 was already in the process and they needed Dick Cheney in there. That's Sam speaking. So, uh, I, you know, obviously, I don't think Al, Al Gore was a savior or anything, but I Al Gore didn't have Dick Cheney on his team. Fast forward to Bernie Sanders, and now we have Bernie Sanders is doing stadiums. 
uh, people come see them. And I don't mm. like socialism. I'm a capitalist. I would take crony capitalism over socialism any day, but I prefer pure capitalism, okay? Uh, I'm making no illusions of that. I don't like the capitalism we have right now. Um, I don't like how giant corporations can game the system. Uh, but Bernie, I've always said elections, the people should get who they want, even if I don't agree with the politicians. Agreed. And yeah. so Bernie Sanders is doing stadiums while, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton's doing Sam Tripoli numbers in a fucking cafeteria. Okay. And so, and then all of a sudden we're seeing, oh, Hillary wins. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't mm -hmm. make any sense to me. Now we fast forward to Trump again. Joe Biden's not doing anything that, that, that nobody's and, and son, this is Sam speaking not Rick again yeah. that we are uh, you know nobody's showing up to Bernie Sanders things Trump's got a hundred mile convoy in Arizona and everyone's telling me he didn't take Arizona okay random, now we go to random convoys throughout yeah, the whole yeah, fucking country yeah. so now we get to this election yeah. in, in, in in Arizona and Rick what are your thoughts on what's going on in Arizona because Whitney Webb has been our show you, you should talk to her sometime. She's really great. She has said that their goal is to get us to have no faith in the election process. Like this kind of buck breaking going on, this kind of breaking our spirits, breaking our will, making people think that they, the, that the For people shame. have no say and, the, and that they, the elites get their person every freaking time. So well, no, I mean, first of all, you need to watch 537 votes, 537 votes. Watch that. It's a documentary by Billy Corbin. Billy is a dear friend of mine. I'm sure you've interviewed him many times. He's got a new documentary out right now about how Jerry Falwell sat in his hotel room a hundred times while some pool boy, Cuban guy like me, but younger and much better looking uh, <laughs> yeah, and in better yeah. shape, uh, uh, you know, essentially um, did his wife. Yeah. Hey, um, again, I'm not judging. Whatever you're as long as you're not hurting kids, get yeah, weird. Jerry, That's probably, I'm, I'm judging by the way, Jerry Did you miss this? What? His name is Jerry. I get Falwell. it. I get it because you're presenting him. something. Listen, whenever I yeah. see those cuck videos and then you see the guy sitting there and he's crying, he's not crying because his wife is cheating. He's crying because he doesn't have to move yeah. out and he gets to live in the house that he fucking paid <laughs> the mortgage for. So, and but yeah, so you're right about Bush v. Gore. Uh, Gore won that election. There's no question in my mind that Gore won that election. Um, 537 votes again is Billy's documentary and Billy's a great guy. Smart as shit, too. Yeah, we had him on Punch Drunk a couple years ago. Yeah, you've, 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 have, you, have you interviewed Billy Yeah, yeah we have. Yeah, yeah, we've we had him a couple have times. Him back on because I'd love to hear about the cucking story. The new one, yeah, he's got a new one out. Everybody's talking about it right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the cuckold, the, the Falwell story. <laughs> It's so, Unbelievable. so great. And, and by the way, and then, is anybody so, so surprised? That's when the Republicans kind of stole it. Then the Dems come and they steal the uh, the the race away from uh, from from any Democrat who's not Biden because they decided they wanted Biden there and they essentially fixed it. There's no question that they fixed it. I mean, they didn't fix the election per se, but they fixed the lead up to the election in the primaries, which is bullshit anyway. I don't know what that we have, even those primaries for. And everything is bought and sold. And you can only get elected if you have a lot of money. And there's actually a price for every position. Like if you want to be a senator in the United States, this is exactly how much money you have to come up with to be able to bribe the TV stations to run your commercials. The whole thing is just absolutely horrible. Um, 
as as far as far as what's happening now with everybody denying every win, look, I just look at it. I'm sorry, but I look at it the way that I kind of live my life. If you and I, Sam, go out and play around a golf and you kick my ass, or even if you only beat me because I, I was unfortunate and on the last hole, you know, a bird flew by and hit my ball. And unfortunately, there's no rule that says that that my ball hitting the bird allows me to do a replay and I lose and I'm going to shake your hand and say, congratulations, Sam, you beat me tomorrow. Maybe we'll do it again and I'll be lucky enough to win. All of these assholes who basically are losing elections and all they want to do is stand up and say that the other team cheated and I really won, even though we know it's not true. That's really pissing me off. It's horrible. It's despicable. And what it's doing to our democracy is shameful. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, one of those, there ought to be a law. My friend John Stewart used to say, there ought to be a law. There probably ought to be a law. Like in basketball, you know, when you pretend you were fouled, you know, and what 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 do they call that now? And they're they're now punishing flopping. these guys with flopping. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like a flop. It's people should be held to dishonesty, and we're not doing that right now. But are you concerned, and, Rick, right now with with a more of these Twitter files coming out? That not only Joe Biden and and we're gonna be like because you know Matt Talib was great with his reporting that there were people within the Trump Matt Taibbi yeah. Matt Taibbi excuse me Matt Taibbi yeah. uh, was uh, that Trump uh, uh, contacted the uh, Twitter to have some stuff sent while he was with the government I mean right, he, while right? he was in office so yeah. so that is a violation of First Amendment but we have this Katie Holmes like really going at people to pull down people question the election. And my question becomes to you is like, are you concerned that a woman who had no, no groundswell behind her stuff was in charge of her own election? Her, the, the guy who ran Mar Maricopa started a fucking super PAC literally to stop uh, Katie La Carrie Lake it is in charge of that election and now Katie Holmes is going to Twitter and having them ban or censor uh, Twitter uh, accounts. Like, does that yeah. concern you? I think Carrie Lake is the most disgusting piece of shit I've ever seen in my oh, entire life. Man. That woman is a just a absolute disaster. Oh, um, shots fired! Uh, I think I mean, with the possible exception of, of the pimple I occasionally wake up with on my anus. She literally calls me and my people on a daily basis criminals oh, and God. rapists. She says that we bring all the drugs into the United States. That's not true. You know who brings drugs in the United States? Americans. Not some poor guy from Honduras who's trying to make a living in the United respect, States. Respect. You know what percentage, according to the Cato Institute of Immigrants who cross the border, bring drugs into the United States? 0.02%. 0.02%. The drugs coming into the United States are not coming through the places where some of these poor immigrants are coming, who, by the way, turn out to be the greatest workers in the history of this country and are right now. Uh, they come in rigs driven by guys with blonde hair and blue eyes, and they're coming across legal borderlines, and they're coming in planes. So for her to get up 
and try and convince every American that we Latinos are the scum of the earth. And she says it over and over and over again. And somehow it barely gets covered in the media. I hear it. I see it. I cover it. But CNN doesn't cover it. I just did a piece the other day where I showed how Carrie Lake was criticized by channel by, by by CNN and by MSNBC because she criticized Trump and because she 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 criticized the election process. Not once in this little montage that they created did they say, oh, by the way, she also says that Latinos are criminals and rapists. She says it. And you know, once you say her name, I have unfortunately <laughs> lost, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I can't say I'm I'm anything objective anymore because okay. hey, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody be that despicable. I, I, I can't stand her. So let me just say it. Okay. Are are you, do you think that fentanyl is coming through the border? Oh, of course it is, but not the border where immigrants are coming in. It's coming through the legal borders. Oh, okay. a giant 18 wheeler where they pay people off to get that 18 wheeler into the United States. Oh. It's not coming in the back pocket of some, Guy named Jose, who's he's right. never had two two nickels to rub together, and he's trying to come into the United States. It's, he's not the guy bringing it in. He's but right. But that's what she's saying. Yeah, he's completely right. Like uh, the cartel goes up to you, American American citizens. They're Me Mexican American. They are American. They're citizens. Because what? Right. And the more blonde you look, the whiter you can talk, and you won't shake, and you can give them the perfect answers. That's who they pick. He's right. It's not. It's not. Respect. It's not illegal Mexican. It's literally Mexican American. They get paid well, and they get a slap yeah. on the wrist the first time. Google it's a it right slap now. On the, wrist. the Cato Institute, which, by the way, the Cato Institute is a conservative site. Yeah. Go to the Cato Institute and Google right now. Do uh, immigrants bring drugs in the United States? And it'll tell you the entire story, the entire breakdown. It's all there. They did a study on it just recently. Can I ask you, so, uh, Rick? Wait, wait, were you? Surprised that Carrie Lake got forty-seven percent of the Latino vote in Arizona. That's a great question. <laughs> well no. Done. no, actually, no, actually, I wasn't. Did did she get? Was yeah, it that 40, high? It was forty-seven to fifty-one, is what I'm looking at here. She got forty-seven percent of the Latino vote. This is now, now this is National Review I'm reading here, but yeah, that's what they're saying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I would find that a little bit suspect. I I, I think in Arizona. I thought it was more in keeping with the national average, which is more like a 35, uh, 65, which would, which is still good because remember Democrats used to get 70, 30, uh, maybe even 75, 25. This is now, from Dan McLaughlin. Now they're, they're, they're really moving Latinos into with, with the exception of Florida, of course, where Florida is completely different. That's an outlier, but the rest of the United States, it's still, it was 70-30, now it's 65-35, uh, and that's um, that means Republicans are truly making inroads with 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 Latinos, and, and they should be making inroads with Latinos because the Democrats are doing absolutely nothing for, Demo for Latinos. They don't even know who the hell we are. So uh, not that do. it matters because the Latinos are just going to keep doing their own thing, but yeah. Yeah, we're Latinx. They know who we are. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you something, Rick. 
Uh, I think there's a big, you know, you brought up earlier, and again, whenever you got to jump, you just tell us, man. We appreciate you coming on. But yeah, we'll, we'll do. We'll make this the last one. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I got so another gig. I do. There is a. What, what do you, What do you do? What else do you do? Uber? Do you do? do are you, like you're a man of a thousand jobs, my friend. You do a lot of work, bro. I, I actually, yeah, I actually, I'm running this. Uh, I'm starting. I'm starting a new roll up now that I'm doing with some friends. We think we'll turn that into another IPO around 2024. Right on. Respect. Um, Bro. So the big misconception, I I need two questions and then we'll, we'll let sure. you go. The big misconception with the elites is that Latinos are closer to urban culture than they are, let's say, to white culture. When I think Latinos are a lot more conservative than people think. And, you know, if we look at Europe, which is going through a culture war right now with weaponized immigration, bombing the fuck out of the Middle East, all these people running to get away from the bombs. Now you have, like, uh, Islamic culture clashing with Western culture, but I think the big misconception that these elites did, and you could tell me if I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, mm -hmm. but they have these Latinos coming up here who tend to have Catholic backgrounds, which is Christian, mm -hmm. which is Christian backgrounds, and they're family oriented, they're hard mm -hmm. workers, and they don't like a lot of the progressive craziness that's going on. What and they would vote Republican if Republicans would stop saying that they're criminals and rapists. I agree with that, bro. I really do agree with that. Final question. Right. Final we, question. We, we, we Latinos fit into the uh, ideological makeup of the Republican Party. Family-oriented, hardworking, Christian roots. All that stuff is there. Fight in wars. Latinos are, are have joined the military more than just about any group in the United States historically. Uh, the commandant for the Marines just recently said, "Okay, enough. We got to stop getting so many Latinos. Our entire Marine Corps is going to have you know last names that end in Z and stuff like that." So <laughs> it, it's all there, and it's good. Unfortunately, the more we want to like Republicans, the less Republicans tell us they like us. Because if you watch. OAN or Fox News or Newsmax or any of these, all they do night in and night out is the border, those criminals, those rapists, those that, 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 that. After a while, you start to think, okay, look, man, if you don't want me, I'm fine. I'll just go somewhere else. That's so it. final question, we, you know, we get a lot of talk about, you know, got to get Biden, got to get Bush in and we're like, oh, well, look, the Democrats do it when the Republicans do it, Republicans do it to the Democrats. But is it really two different parties or is it just to me, is it just <laughs> two wings of the same corrupt bird and this real, um, the, it just basically, it, I think it's all George Bush death cult. That's what I think it the, is. The, the, there are differences in the parties, but their differences are nothing compared to the horribleness that they represent, which is all the same. And that is the corruption, and that is the wars, and that is the interlocking, and all of those things that make our country much worse and both parties are uh, the ones who are uh, prone to uh, believe in that, espouse that, and want to continue that because it's the only way they would line their pockets. In what other world does somebody stay in office for 30 or 40 years in one place? In what world does a guy go in like Mitch McConnell making maybe $20,000 a year and today he's worth $35, $40 million by being what, a senator? How the hell does that happen? I mean, what, what are we, stupid? 
mean, you know, you take a job where you serve the people and work essentially for uh, $150,000 a year, and you end up being worth 35 to $40 million. Okay. Okay, I'm stupid then. I'll just go along with that. And that's where we are. So, yeah. And that's not a Democrat problem. That's not a Republican Party. That's an American political problem. So there's my last. All right, Rick. We had you. We appreciate. We said, we talked a lot of weirdness. And you uh, you stuck with us. And we appreciate you. One more time. Where can our listeners find you, Rick? The Rick Sanchez Podcast. The Rick Sanchez Podcast is, uh, I think it's cool. I try to talk truth. I talk Latino truths, and I talk about things that I think could help people. And it's all part of a new network we've started called Agua Media. All right, Rick. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to stay on. Rick, we appreciate you, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. A big fan, and really great. glad you're you killing it. Thank and you. I apologize for anything I said that may have offended anybody. No, <laughs> no, no dude. Trust us. You're going to get a lot of love, brother. The blanket apology. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Take care, Take friend. Take it easy. Good talking to See you. See you, buddy. Later. Um, that was fun. I like that guy. I like Rick Sanchez. Boy, he blew up on Carrie Lake. Oh, that, oh, that was great, bro. That was great. I love Carrie Lake. That's what's cool about that guy, though, is that you know you're talking to a human. You know, so many of those people you talk to that work at networks, over, especially for years like that, have had their kind of souls sucked out. They don't say anything that's meaningful or interesting. You know what I mean? And he's clearly not, you know, he's retained his and uh, I, You know, man, humanity. I appreciate that because that is a big problem, man. There is this blanket statement on Latinos, and he's totally right that the fentanyl is coming through the the legal borders and not being brought in uh, by coyotes and people trying to get to the country. And that's you know? that divisive shit that you're always talking about, you know, making people into separate, smaller groups so that yeah. they don't, you know. Yeah, I, I totally. I mean, it, I mean, and it does go through the border like that, but those kilos... Those tons. Yeah, no, but no not one's carrying. Enough, no, that's what I'm saying. No one's carrying the yeah. tons on their back. It's yeah. like little amounts. And you know what those are amounts for? Is to pay their debt. They couldn't. They couldn't. So when you go up to a coyote and you're like, "Hey, I don't have the money to cross." All right, then be a mule. Yeah. Pay your way inside, and, that, and that's when you're risking your life. That's when you're like, "Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk my, my freedom to get to a place that where there's freedom." It's kind of. It's like a, it's weird, but it, yeah, he's right. It's not coming straight from like. Did you have to do that? Like, Did you have no. to shove stuff up your butt? A, a lot. <laughs> uh, so so uh like we said earlier thank you guys so much for coming out on uh, this weekend and like just really showing up we really loved you on that and the reason i want to bring this up because you know with rick we brought up the alex jones uh interview and stuff like that and we were able to uh listen to some of it johnny did you ever take a moment to listen to the yeah, I listen to most of it. Uh, I would love to get into a little discussion on it because my humble opinion is is that, and, and whether it's being done on purpose or being done uh, on accident, it, it everything about it is is um, presentation. And Rick kind of brought that up earlier. Mm. Presentation. Uh, what was your overall feel, Johnny, on it? Well, you got to ask yourself a question. Do you think that Kanye West? is not savvy, media savvy. Do you think he is politically naive? No. I don't. So then he's doing all of this with an intention. 100%. I don't know what that intention is, though. Like I <laughs> said, I think he's trying to break the board. Maybe, yeah. But even when you have Alex Jones reacting the way Alex Jones was to, oh, to, to those comments, which was hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious mm -hmm. watching Alex Jones react. I thought it was extraordinary. 
I thought it was extraordinary. It's gripping. I, yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Again, I, I made comments on Nick Fuentes that I really shouldn't have. Uh, we have met. I mean, he's got some lines, though, that are out there. and that. Yeah, and that gets down, you know, you know. again, like we said earlier, I, I think Nick Fuentes is very intelligent. We'll see how smart he is. And I think, and when I say what is smart is emotional experience and understanding how everything works. And listen, I've said this before. If you want to blow up, you go hard right or hard left. You don't go like this show down the middle. We're very blessed that we have a following. But for me, I'm I, I'm down the middle. I'm a li- I'm liberal, but I lean a little right, just because of all the craziness that the left is doing. And we've seen people. Uh, I it's like a big reason why I was like Ella, our boy Primetime Alex Stein is gonna blow up. Because he goes very hard on one side, and he's fearless, and he's great. Fearless, fearless, and he's great. He's so oh, funny. I don't even I want to tell him. you the rumors oh. that we heard. Oh, did you reply to it? Uh, what? Did, did you? Did about you Stein? I need to ask him. About yeah. Stein? Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, 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 yeah. Very about, good. Yeah, it's yeah. Very nothing great, you can dude. say. Well, I don't want to put him on blast, bro. Okay. And snitches get stitches. But I'll tell you after, okay. and everyone's gonna get mad at me. I just don't do that. But it's super interesting. You can find it. You can find it. And the, I want it to be real. Twitter, the best Twitter follow, though, is Alex Stein. I mean, if you're going to choose to follow one person Dude, today. He went into the... Into the so um, funny. He's great. Yeah, he goes into the into that store, Balenciaga, and starts telling them, like, hey, yes. you, it's, it's intense because they're just working. Well, he's there. lucky that he's also 6'4". Yeah. Oh, is he that tall? He's a really okay. tall guy. Yeah. He's a really and he's he, and he's fearless. He's a yeah. he's a fearless dude. And for the moment he was and he on looks show, like a Bush cousin. So yeah. you know that yeah, di- he's, he's great. Got, it's a disarming smile. Yes, he he did our show now in in Dallas. It was the first time he like I think he, I I think it was one of the first times he was on stage. I could be wrong, uh, but he brought his girlfriend who had it was blonde with big teeth, and she he said she ate his butt, and it was like it was just great energy. And I <laughs> knew I knew he's gonna blow up, and here he is because he's fearless. He he puts in the work, and Nick Fuentes is a little farther more right than even way Alex further. Stein. Yeah, way further. Yeah, and, and, well, which is yeah. and you get do you get less of a sense that Fuentes is doing a a, a character? You know, I mean, like Stein is when he's doing when he's provoking people. You know, he's doing that for effect. Right. I don't. Yeah. I and I get and and maybe I, I I don't think he actually is, but no, he is. Like he, when he's no, doing the AOC, no, 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 big booty. What, he's laughing. He's joking right, around. No, I'm talking about Fuentes now. Oh, okay. My what mind. I mean is he's. Whether he is or not, I get the idea that he's not doing it for a fact that these are actually firmly, uh, you know, held opinions. Well, we talked about Broken Sim, right? About how, like, I'm going to say the most racist, yeah. sexist, and... Holocaust denying. Holocaust, you know, like, and, and for me, like, like, people really believe that, don't say that stuff. But I do believe that Nick is somebody who has a lot of data. And again... Explain what you mean by... I don't quite understand what you mean by He that. has a lot of, of interesting information that most of oh, us okay. don't have. Good. He makes good points. He, he, <laughs> makes, he makes good points that if they're true, they're shocking, right? And not everybody is ready for his presentation because his presentation is blunt force trauma. He just... Said, do you understand what do you, I'm saying? Are you, are you saying he does a disservice to his points with his presentation? Yes, okay. I do. Okay. I do. And it's and, and listen, man, if everything he said on there about Jared Kushner is real and I have no reason to believe it's not, 
That's some pretty damning information. Like he he basically he basically brokered this Middle East deal that has some like religious apocalyptic stuff going on with it for money. Right? That's great. I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. That's crazy, but his, his how he presents it is is what people have issues with. Would we have either of them on? Would you have either of them on the show? Would you give them a? I you know like uh, dude, I have people in my life that I love very much, and I like debate. I like debate. I like talking debate. I like having people on, and but I I get nervous when I get attributed with. With ideas I don't I don't necessarily subscribe to. Yeah. Well, I mean that's how that's how Alex Jones was saving himself. He, t- he kept saying, I love Hitler. I don't love Hitler. Yeah. And it was he was trying to defend himself. It's like it's that thing yeah. where like it's on your show. So if you don't fucking say it right after he says it, it you looks have like to you agree. Assume you have to do it. Yeah. You have to do it. You know? Can I can I ask you now? You have you have you heard that Fuentes is Nick Fuentes is Possibly uh, controlled opposition. Yes, and that's uh, definitely possible as well. Like, how does he move so quickly at 24? But then you study him, and he's very intelligent. So he's very intelligent. Well, if you're going to create a controlled opposition, uh, you know. Well, they said that mover, about Milo as well. You would pick somebody who's. He said that about Milo quick. as well. Okay. He wouldn't be so, so banned. So shadow banned if he was controlled opposition. I don't know He's about nowhere. that. I don't know about that because that in itself creates credibility, right? Yeah. So I, I, and he brings up uh, some, he brings up interesting facts. Again, the energy I have right now for, for the pushback about uh, the Jews in general is the same energy I have when, when Hollywood and the woke left left excuse me was saying the exact same thing about about um white people and you know you see how 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 rick got really upset with what carrie lake says about latinos you know that's my whole thing it's like these generalizations do a lot more damage than they do good and the whole push oh generals yeah that's a real point man because you're condemning an entire group of people for the actions of a few. That's what. But they brought like, listen, dude. Ye one hundred percent talked yay. about yeah, yeah. Excuse me, yay. <laughs> I do yay. that. I do that too. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Kanye, yay. Talked about the black nobility. I think that's huge. Oh, Johnny, you weren't there. I watched it on the on the way. From Calusa to Fresno with him and Eddie Bravo, it was the best. Sam was going crazy when they brought up the Medici family. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible <laughs> to me. And then, Dude, I, we, I, honestly, and I sent you this text when this interview dropped. I'm like, he's he sh- he should be on the show now. He's in like our ballpark now. He's on our curb. Yes. you know what I mean, like on our block. Yes, like, yes, he yes. should be on the show. Yes, <laughs> like yes. I wouldn't. It's at the point now where it wouldn't surprise me if we got him on the show at some point. Yes, yes. You know, he would fit in. So, so I, and then, you know, you had, you had, and you could say whatever you want about Alex Jones. You could say whatever you want. We have been blessed to meet him in person. He is a wonderful person. 
He is a very nice person. There, you meet Alex Jones. The only thing you go is like this guy. His brain is constantly going, and he's stretched too thin. And it's who he is on camera. Like yeah. he did not stop. Like that, that, that loudness, that voice. Yeah. it's who he is. He's a good guy. Yeah. Okay, he's a good guy. So he was talking about basically Kazarians, and he brings up stuff that we've talked about in the show, which is. Why did Israel, if, if Jews all move at one, and this was his point, they all move as one collective group. Why did the government of Israel, okay, why did the government of Israel give Israeli citizens four shots of the vaccine, including the boosters, when they knew it did damage to people and it caused, causes health damage and possibly death? Why did they do that? Why does that happen? That fits into that this is a spiritual war. Why would we do that? So, you know, so this is what we're getting. So I got in a fight with uh, Brian Callen, who I love with all my heart, and everyone just takes him too serious. Like, this is a fun debate between friends. He doesn't believe what I believe, and it's a fun debate, and I love him very much, you know? And, and I go, hey, bud. What ye said about things that Hitler did is the same thing when people walk around with NASA shirts on and stuff like that. Or when people are okay with IBM or Microsoft or the Bushes or all that. I mean, or supporting Nazis in the Ukraine. You're, do you're doing what he is talking about. That's all the point was. And it's 100% right. Now, what, what Johnny brought up is is this performance art? I 100% believe it is. What's Wait, the, so you don't think he's having a mental breakdown no, while everybody claims? It's both. It's both? I think it's both. I you think, think he thinks it's performance art, though? I think he is broken, hurt, angry, and putting on a show. Okay. No, because, I mean, when he comes out there with that face covering, instantly, you're like, oh. Okay. Of, of uh, what's the name of the but, fashion uh, angry? Well, Johnny knows Balenciaga or what is Balenciaga? It? Yeah, Balenciaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he comes out in that, you gotta go. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then when Elon Musk, that was some crazy shit. Oh, the thing oh, about him saying Elon is uh, what a Chinese no. clone. So yeah. he, so the 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 interview happens. He puts out a logo of a religion. That is believes aliens created us, and it's like realism or something like that. And their logo is a swastika inside the Star David. Oh, they gave. Uh, Do you okay. see this one yet? In the morning. This is about this him. Yeah, we'll get into yeah. that. I will okay. get that in two seconds. But what's so interesting is that what people don't understand about the swastika is the, the notion that the swastika is evil is brand new, even if it's 50, 60, 70 years old. In the history of the world, yeah. In the history of the world, that is seen as a symbol of peace. You can go to old ma, uh, excuse me, you can go to old Jewish temples. There are places here in California. Where, that, that where they have Jewish temples, where they have swastikas. That's a Hindu symbol of peace. All Abrahamic religions are a offshoot of Hinduism. Remember that summer camp that had to knock down those? Yeah, swast you told yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Because idiot woke people don't know history. Yeah. Okay? So he puts out the symbol from this real religion, right? <clears throat> I think it's R-A-E-L-ism. 
R-A-E-L-ism. And it's, Raelian movement. Yeah. That's what it is. And their logo, because their leader said he saw a ship of aliens, and that was the logo on the ship. It's a UFO religion that was founded in the 70s uh, in France by Claude Ver Verillon. 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 Uh, now known as Rael. Scholars of the religion classify Raelism as a cult and a new religious movement. The group is formalized as the International Raelian Movement, or the Raelian Church. Yeah, and they believe uh, what you said. Yeah, about UFOs. So, so that lo here's a here's an interesting thing. Do you know who's an honorary member of that group? Who's that? Elon Musk. Interesting. Ooh. Right, and so, and the ship that they that they came in is like Iman. So it's like very close to Elon. It's very interesting. Okay, and then you know, so so he puts this out. He 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 either is completely lost and doesn't know what he's doing and it just perfectly works out or he knows exactly what he's doing or he googled swastika star david and that came up and he just put that oh up. you're talking this is the actual where this is the tweet that got him banned from yes, twitter is yeah, what you're talking about yes, okay got yes. it because got it, got it. uh there's it's funny the the australian raelian movement uh wrote a blog entry saying that Kanye West and Elon Musk both need education on the Raelian symbols. But, uh. Oh, everybody. It's like kind of when you brought up um, Pornhub trying to sponsor a stadium. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everyone's just uh, fucking clout chasing. Here's what the leader of the U.S. Raelian movement said. While Elon Musk was made an honorary guide for humanity by the Raelian movement not too long ago for his support of freedom of speech, he doesn't seem to be aware of the true origin and meaning of the oldest symbol on Earth, which comes from our extraterrestrial creators referred to as Elohim in the Hebrew Bible. And that's from uh, Thomas Kenzig, the leader of the U.S. Raelian movement. Right. So they're they're telling them about the Star of David and the yeah. Swastika. So it's super interesting. The whole thing's interesting. I felt like there was so much information being dropped that no one's actually looking at what is being dropped, what was being dropped, and they don't want to talk. So they're just having emotional reactions to it because they're clipping it up. And what he's saying is like, I love these people. I love those people. I love these people. You know, what he's, what he's talking about is Christ consciousness. The problem is that, is that Hitler is a scumbag and a loser, and he did horrible things. Now, the truth of the matter is, is like, why doesn't anyone talk about King Leopold? This is all, this is why I say all is being exposed right now. This is the best time ever. If you're not enjoying this timeline, you're fucking lost, bro. This is the best. He was wrong, though. Hitler did not create the microphone. Or the highway. Yeah, but dude, do you understand like yeah, that? But he could have came in with facts. Like if you're gonna talk about Hitler like that, at least fucking say dude. something that's correct instead of just saying you made a microphone. This is why I'm a rapper. Right. Okay. Great. I agree with that. I'm, sure. but I'm not saying he has good points. But crazy. Guys throw some, oh, yeah. You have to go. There's within the crazy. There's some truth. Again, it goes back to. It goes back to Eddie Griffin on stage doing four hours. Within that four hours, there's thirty minutes. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. You're like, fuck, dude, if you just willed down that, you would go down as the greatest thing comic of all time. Right? And that's a yeah. if if that presentation was done better, and and like again, I like Nick Fuentes is an incredibly smart human being. Like, I, excuse me, very intelligent. We'll see how smart he is. Because right now he he has no clue of how to pre present what he's doing. 
maybe he doesn't care, but that's a 24-year-old not caring, right? Yeah, but the only problem is everything's permanent now, like he said. 100%. Back then, when you were 24, it didn't matter. Even when I was 24, it still it wasn't, it wasn't that crazy. Is, is, is on is the Rick's, spotlight. Is Rick... Uh, is, is, uh, um, What's his name? Nick, Nick Fuentes. Nick Fuentes gonna be like Mia Khalifa is like I denying her past, right? Like you yeah. know, she's like I didn't do that. I didn't yeah. shut up. I don't want to talk about it. I said Sam something the other day with her like lecturing us about uh, how older men shouldn't date younger women. Yeah, I love that the older chick now is talking about how older guys. I love women that do that. That's <laughs> that's my favorite thing. It's like, dude, welcome to the uh, the 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 uh, arc of life. But the point and how, wait is, up, and how white is he if his last name is Fuentes? What? How's how white is he if his last name is Fuentes? That's a great point, I'm dude. Just, it's not. It doesn't sound real white to me. Yeah, I mean, so so. I thought it was an extraordinary thing. I think he said amazing things. Now I want to get into this. And you know, you started seeing him talk about Zionism, and here's the thing: we have a guy who lost his mother. Some guy yelled out, that was a while ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you get over losing your mother in a time period that, that you think's acceptable? Most people carry that for the rest of their life. My mother's, my grandparents died 25 years ago. My mother still talks about it. Okay? So to sit there and act like that isn't a big thing to that guy, which we all know it is. So she was the only one that could rail. Do you think this would all be happening if his mother was alive today? He makes albums. Named after her. Yeah. Do you think this would be happening right now if his mother was alive? It does seem to have been a turning point for right? him, for sure. He Big time. Have, yeah, he wouldn't have been with the Kardashians. She always wanted him with the black woman, and, believe it or not. And, and, right? And when when he started going around, people started bringing that up about, hey, man, you know, your mother, oh, he feels guilty because, you know, he said she was sacrificed. That's fu If he really believes that, and let's just say... And this show, it's definitely possible. That really got that's really got fuck with you, man. Because the one person that you trusted was gone, is gone now. Now um, you because of you, because of you, yeah. right? And then you get into these succubuses. His wife is a succubus. She's a witch. He's addicted to her though. Well, yeah, yeah, he I is. Think he's he won't let it go. It's sad. Oh, dude, what about shots fired at Chris Paul? Imagine being oh, at yeah, the yeah. Paul house that night. He By said he's way. friends with Ray J now. That that's the only person he trusts. Pete Davidson just is tearing through all the all oh, the he's, hot chicks. He's in becoming the world. a Jewish. I mean, he's becoming Jewish now, I mean, just to piss off Kanye. He was with courtside with em, uh, Emily Ratajkowski yeah. the other well, night. Well, because it's clout chasing. That's why. If you're with Pete, you're everywhere. Yeah, but these are girls that have more more clout than him. I mean, Emily Ratajkowski is more famous than he is. Dude, he brings clout, bro. I think he brings. The hammer. He may be the only one that survives the Kardashian curse. You think so? Oh, but I mean, is there anyone who looks more like the product that he's pitching in the commercial yeah. than Pete Davidson and Taco Bell? <laughs> if Taco Bell was a human being, it would look like <laughs> Pete Davidson. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's got dead eyes, bro. I mean, that guy's window to his soul is not good. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, dude, he I saw him on he was on some uh radio show the other day and he said that he's been on Lexapro since he was like 12 or yeah, something like that. Yeah. That's not that's good. That's it, man. That's not good. So you you have this guy losing his kid and then you have him then you have him uh losing his mom and then he loses his kids, man. Like people don't realize how much that fucks with people. Like we just assume like men don't want kids in their life. Men, a lot of men love their kids, and what happens is, and I've seen it happen in my uh, in, uh, friends around me, 
They they concede all this stuff to the women. And, and, and by the way, ladies, there's a lot of scumbag guys out there. I'm not arguing with that. There's a lot of scumbag dudes out there. And there's a lot of single mothers doing the best they can. <clears throat> there's no set rule. Both sides deal with a lot of bullshit. Okay? But there's a lot of guys that lose the cussy their to their kids because they're trying to play nice with the mom and it blows up in their face and they don't get to see their kid and it crushes them. And I think that's a big thing that's going on with Kanye right now. He has nothing to lose. Like you said, his mom, his kids, his wife, his brand, Adidas, everybody his on that billion, planet. Yeah. Every, everybody on that planet. Has so he's nothing got to nothing do. to lose. So None of know, them had nothing to lose. Hurt people, hurt people. Okay. And that's what's going on with Kanye right now. And there's a bunch of people around him that got canceled that he's, that he's calling and talking to that may or may not have his best interest. Wait, I don't quite follow. Who are you talking about? Nick there? Fuentes, M- Milo. Milo, you know. Oh, I see. Okay. So he's just kind of reaching out for. Yeah. You think they're using him as pawns? Hold on to. You think Milo and Nick Fuentes are you kind of using him to, well, get, my, to uh, get attention? Nick Fuentes well, never has absolutely. had this kind of. Press. I mean, for sure. Anybody who Ever. has him on is is there is somehow using his his heat. Ever. I mean, for sure. So that's my opinion on it. You know, again, hey, you gotta read that. You you believe in that clone shit he brought up earlier tonight? Yeah, this is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll read it here. Okay, uh, this is something that Kanye posted. Uh, am I the only one who thinks Elon could be half Chinese? Have you ever seen his pics as a child? Take a Chinese genius and mate them with a South African supermodel, and we have Elon. I say an Elon because they probably made 10 to 30 Elons, and he's the first genetic hybrid that stuck. Well, let's not forget about Obama. I'm sorry for using curse words in church, but I don't have another word for Obama yet. Uh, yay, 24, let's unify and find out. I love that about Obama, too. I'll take that as a compliment. I mean, Elon Musk, I mean, I'm sorry, but in this instance, Kanye got him. Kanye got him. By taking by by banning him over a symbol that's from a religion, you, you look stupid. You look fucking stupid. And it's just the way it is. And I'm sorry, bro. And you're doing great. Do you thi- think that that decision went by Elon's desk to ban Kanye from? I, he com- he commented on it. No, but after the fact. But do you think like initially they come to him like? Do you think they're coming to him with high profile bannings now like uh, Elon? Yeah, for sure, right? At, I do too. Yeah. All the time. It's fascinating though. Yeah, like that that this guy Elon who's got all this shit on his plate is now deciding up or down yeah. on who to ban for Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but crazy? but you don't think Kanye also was trying to see how far he can push Elon? No, I mean, and at one point, we've talked about it before that there are people who uh, their whole um, their whole brand is being canceled. Yeah, that's what they do, and that's how you stay relevant by being canceled more. And then that's your whole and the most, you know, and, and like the fact that Laura Loomer came on, who I've always thought was controlled opposition, and she's like, "I've been canceled by by the high-ranking Jews." She said that, which is super interesting because I think she's Zionist to the bone. Her whole election that she ran was a Zionist election in Florida, and she didn't win. And then she said she had her accounts frozen, like. And she's like, you should never have your money taken away. 100%.
That's 100% true. No matter what your opinion is, they shouldn't take your money. They shouldn't take your money. And it's just a fact. And it sucks. As a show and a person that's been banned and shadow banned on so many things, it sucks. You know? So, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, it is what it is. Guys, go to samtriplee.com. Check out samtriplee.com and you will find uh, shows coming up. But I want to take a look at it. Really, just go to samtriplee.com. I want you guys, again, a lot of great things are going on at uh, Rockfin. That's all the premium content we have. Uh, Rockfin.com slash Tinfall hat slash zero slash conspiracy social club slash broken sim or broken simulation. Uh, rockfin.com slash broken simulation. Broken simulation. Rockfin.com slash we don't smoke the same. Yep. It's great. Now, Rockfin is now, they've upped their rates. They're doing $15. Uh, is it 15 bucks or yeah. is it $14.99? 14, yeah. But they're now about to give a new option where you can, you can just. Sign up for the one particular show. And that's like five bucks, right? Yep. Yep. So things are things are moving over there. I try to put out six episodes a week on Rockfin, and that's for fifteen dollars. So you're getting twenty-four episodes for sixteen dollars. That's not including the first look at uh uh broken sim uh if you're looking to invest there's some great shows uh we have a great show on patreon patreon.com slash cash daddies uh the people love it howie dewey is on fire you're making money in this awful time and you'll make your 20 dollars back probably on your first investment it's happening left and right and then if you want johnny and i can give you we'll watch you make love and we'll sit there and johnny and i've been talking uh it's probably gonna be another what ten grand for if you're just a uh, solo dude. Just a yeah. jerk off session. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. we're giving scholarships and to two women. So yeah. What yeah. type yeah. of pointers are you gonna give to solo action? Uh, well, uh, I mean, first of all, we're not gonna make eye contact with you if you're a dude. No. Okay, just yeah. know that there will yeah. be no eye contact. So wait, so you're gonna be looking down at the at the crotch? Like, okay. What yeah. are you gonna be looking at? If not the eyes. <laughs> probably the corner of the screen. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to give pointers if you're not looking, Sam. Well, Johnny will do that for me. Um, <laughs> guys, T-shirts. Go to samtriplee.com slash T-shirts or go to tinfallhatt-shirts.com. Guess what? Go up. We have a limited, very limited. Go down. Go down. It's right there. It. should no, be not. right there. Oh, go up. That wasn't it? There should be this T-shirt, the Santa T-shirt. Yeah, it's loading. It's up there. Santa t-shirts are available for this month and this month only. There it is. That's the Santa t-shirt. It is a Santa Claus, me as Santa Mushrooms, available now uh, at Sam Tripoli. There it is. Hoodies, sweaters. <coughs> Get it now because when it's gone, it is gone. This will be the last time you see it. As uh, I honor all my limited editions, I never put out more editions of them. The ugly sweater, and we'll probably could get it as a T-shirt as well. You gotta tell them about your what's going on with the Unabomber T-shirt. They, <laughs> they get sold out everywhere, so you guys gotta get them hot. You can't, you can't get Unabomber on the internet. They've, we've been kicked off. It's only available at live shows. So go check that out right there. Uh, anything else, guys? I have so many free audio shows for you. <coughs> Go to uh, Tim Fall Hat. 
Go to samtriplee.com and look at all the free. New Broken Sim just dropped. Check it out. It's a good one. People love it. Tim Fall Hat, Broken Sim, Cash Daddy. Sam got, uh, got revealed many great things. Yeah. Punch a- Drunk Sports. Union of the Awana is one of the most important shows on the internet. Conspiracy Social Club and Zero are, are uh, from the vault. Old episodes. Maybe change it, bro. Maybe change it. We might be uh, putting those out new episodes soon, so we shall see. We shall see. Anything else, guys? Uh, go up. Yep, join. Uh, oh, uh, we're we're about to start doing some uh, very uh, very interesting affiliate programs. Wise Wolf, Gold and Silver. Click on that. We're going to be doing some brown gas. Apparently, you guys bought a lot of the brown gas because uh, people are talking. We're going to get a deal. We got to deal with them. We got to get a banner on there. Nuke Social. Join Nuke Social. You'll be able to on samtriplee.com, nukesocial.com, and uh, you can join the uh, all of the uh, anything on Telegram, anything on Discord. Just go through Nuke Social. It is on Mastodon and then uh, free radio there. Anything else, guys? Uh, almost sold out. We don't smoke the same. Uh, this Saturday, uh, tickets at eventbrite.com. Almost sold out. Get the VIP tickets. It'll be worth it for you guys. Johnny? If you're in LA, I've got two tickets to K-Rock's Acoustic Christmas. You can see the yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, hit me up. Face value. Trying to get rid of them. I may get one of those. Guys, okay. thank you so much. I hope you enjoy this episode. We love you very much. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. open your mind. Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack. Tim foil hack.